Well, welcome to the Marty Minto Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Minto, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. Our music is provided by that Christian parody band called Apologetics. Check them out online, apologetics.com. Last three letters, T-I-X, that's apologetics.com. Well, what a blessing, what a privilege it is to be with you here this day. And again, if you have life and breath, you are blessed by God. There is no doubt about it. Uh, God is good, and he's good all the time, as they like to say down south. But uh, I'm so glad that you've joined with me here today on the program. And uh, much to talk about, many things to discuss. Um, One of the stories that has really caught my attention recently is this um, declaration that seems to be taking place across America. And I believe the reason it is is because of, um, truthfully, the wickedness, the evilness that is being portrayed in our government in different states that really is war on the unborn, a war that continues to rage. And there are people who have stood up, who have testified, uh, who have um, arrogantly, pridefully boasted upon having abortions and even the number of abortions, the taking of human life, which we believe as Christians is nothing more than murder. Uh, We believe that all men, all women are created in the eyes of God in his sight, uh, they're created by him in his image. Uh, we're the only creation that is created in the image of God, period. And yet today there seems to be a greater uh, priority placed upon animals in our world uh, that some would place them on a level equal to humans or even in some cases above. I had an opportunity today to to talk with a gentleman once again at my favorite location that I stop each and every day at Dunkin' Donuts as I'm drinking my tea, and this gentleman was sharing with me um, his wife's love for animals, and she is one of those people they call rescuers. She will rescue a animal that is out in the street, and she will find it at home or bring it into their home and Uh, Him and his wife have disagreed about this at times, but um, we were talking about this whole issue today, and yet at the same time, in this country of ours, more and more lawmakers want to put to death uh, the unborn child. Uh, They say that that child is not a child, doesn't have rights, and a woman can do with what she wants with what is inside of her body. And Uh, You've probably heard all the different arguments, the things that have been said throughout the years, uh, and it's it's getting worse. And I told him a story not too long ago. There was a story about some type of cruelty of someone to an animal in the particular area in which I live, and this person just kind of went off and basically said, listen, I would rescue any dog, any animal before I would ever rescue a human being. Uh, And they went on to basically testify that they had more love, more compassion on an animal than they did a human being. And I thought to myself, that's where we're at in this nation of ours. Uh, We're at a point in place where it's become um, really dangerous um, to bring forth a child into this world. 
a world that is filled with wickedness and evil and just hatred towards other human beings. Then you have those who believe they have a right to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it with their body. And in the child inside the womb is not, in many cases, not even considered a child, but it has no rights. And you know as well as I do, this has got to a point in place that in our nation now, we have U.S. cities are declaring themselves sanctuary cities for the unborn. Now, this is very interesting. I'll tell you why it's interesting, because there are sanctuary cities like in America for the illegal immigrants, people who come into this country illegally, and it is a safe haven for them to protect them, to help them, to show compassion upon them, um, to you know, to um, just be there for them, and uh, you know, and again, that probably by far is another topic, another time, another place. But sanctuary cities are popping up left and right. But now we have sanctuary cities for the unborn. Not too long ago, members of the Roswell, New Mexico City Council voted to make their jurisdiction a de facto sanctuary city for the unborn. Uh, According to uh, an article, there's many of them out there, but I'm reading this article out of the Daily Wire. Uh, And this took place, this article came out on March 18th of this uh, 2019. But the City Council of Roswell, New Mexico, passed a resolution declaring its jurisdiction to be in support of fetal life, something local pro-life activists say makes Roswell a sanctuary city for the unborn. This was reported by LifeSite News. In a 7-to-1 vote with one council member abstaining, the city council passed a resolution 19-28, to which declares that innocent human life including fetal life, must always be protected and that society must protect those who cannot protect themselves. Now, folks, this is common sense. I, I, I just want to say this to you. My, hat's, my hat is off for the City Council of Roswell. I am grateful that this uh, resolution has passed, this declaration has been made, but i got to be honest with you. When I sit here and I just think about this, in just, you know, simple, plain, clear, you know, understanding as a human being. When we're talking about innocent human life, when we're talking about a life that cannot protect itself, we have a responsibility to protect that human life. I mean, let's let, let's not let's not try to get into all these arguments and, and thinking in ways and means of uh, of things. See, that's what bothers me about this whole entire issue. Because it always comes down to, is that really a life inside the womb of a woman? Is that a life? And we know that it's a life. I mean, scientific proof, facts, evidence, it's all there to show forth what happens, what is taking place. And we believe that life as Christians begins at conception. We believe, we'll go even one step further, life begins with God. God is the creator. Though he has given man and and women the capabilities of coming together to produce, to be fruitful and multiply, God is the creator. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, and we find that in the book of Psalms 139. Powerful, powerful uh, chapter in the book of Psalms about life. Uh, But we see here that this so-called sanctuary city, 
Um, according to the resolution, expressly honors the rights of health care providers to object on moral grounds to performing abortions and opposes any regulations or laws seeking to violate that right. Um, and this is huge. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, this decision that was made by the city council as uh, the reports are shown, may not have been an easy decision in some ways, means, shapes, and form, because they know they're going to come up against scrutiny, and they know that they're probably going to face lawsuits. There's going to be all kinds of things that are going to come their way because of this. But when it comes down to the bottom line, they did the right thing. I mean, I want you to think about this. They did the right thing. Um, for instance, a citizen Molly Boyles spoke in support of the resolution. She said, here in the United States, we have severe penalties for destroying eagle eggs or turtle eggs. But human children in the womb with a heartbeat with feelings are being dismembered and killed. She said, I'm very happy to hear that the bill uh, passed, but I, I, I do not think that it would be a great thing for a city to declare that we believe um, in the sanctity of life. Now, I want you to understand about what this is for, but it's because this decision that was made, in the world in which we live, people talk about choice, the right to choose as an option. Truthfully, there has to be someone who takes a stand. And that's what the city of Roswell, that's what Roswell did. They took a stand. They said, you know what? In our city, we are not. We're going to protect the unborn child. We're going to fight for the life of that child because that is a human being inside there. So I want you to think about this. This declaration itself, the Roswell Declaration, really comes in wake of extremist abortion till birth legislation, which has been popping up all across America. For example, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, a Democrat. Now, matter of fact, I lived in New York State for quite some time. That's where my wife is from. And I could tell you right now, this man is nothing like his father. His father's passed away, nothing like his father. Uh, his father would be ashamed. I am convinced of it. His father would stand opposed to what his son has done. I'm convinced of it. But he recently, Andrew Cuomo recently signed a bill which allows for the murder of the unborn up to the moment of birth for essentially any reason. It loosens the restrictions on those who can perform abortions and strips the murder of the unborn, even the wanted unborn, from the state's penal code. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a similar bill in Rhode Island is currently making its way through the legislation. Uh, the sitting Democratic governor, Ralph uh, Northam of Virginia, has seemingly endorsed infanticidal abortion post-birth during a radio interview. Uh, you you have all of this that's taking place, and you're sitting going, you gotta, you got to be kidding. Well, this is the world in which we live, and it's not getting any better. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. But I came across the story um, that is taking place because the city of Phoenix, Arizona, there is a number of people that are turning to the city of Phoenix 
And they're asking the city of Phoenix to become a sanctuary city for the unborn. And just recently, um, a brother in Christ, a man who I used to call my in-house theologian, back in the years when I was on Christian Talk Radio in Phoenix, Arizona, Dr. James White, has, um, well, he made a very impassioned plea to the City Council of Phoenix, Arizona. And I want to play this for you. It's not very long, but he gets right to the point, and he shares what this is really all about. So I want you to hear Dr. James White from Alpha and Omega Ministries. He's a professor, husband, father, uh, elder at his church. Uh, He is a writer. Uh, He's just a man of God. I want you to listen to what Dr. White had to share with the City Council of Phoenix, Arizona. Good afternoon. My name is James White. I am a minister, a author, and a professor. In April of 1945, American forces were moving into the heart of Germany, and they freed a city called Weimar. It's a beautiful little city. Right up on the hill outside of Weimar was a very large camp. We know it today as the Buchenwald Concentration Camp. What they found there has become the stuff of legend. It wasn't as large as Auschwitz. It wasn't as large as Dachau. But, for example, the camp superintendent's wife... She was fascinated by human skin. She had a lampshade made out of human skin. She was fascinated by tattoos. So she would have people killed and have their tattoos preserved. The kind of horrific things that took place in Buchenwald over years so shocked the American leadership that when Dwight D. Eisenhower and General Patton toured the camp, General Patton commanded that the mayor and magistrates and leading citizens of Weimar be forced to tour the camp to see what had been done right under their eyes for many years. Now, most of us would say that that was a moral act on the part of the Americans. The question that I have is history looks very much askance at the citizens of Weimar. They did nothing. They said, we didn't know. How could they not know what was going on within plain view up there on the hill? They knew, but they kept their eyes down. They didn't want to see, and so history has treated them very, very poorly. The question I have for us today is, how will history treat us? Because the reality is, within the borders of the city of Phoenix, more innocent children have been killed in as equally gruesome ways than were ever killed in the Buchenwald concentration camp in the entire years that it was in operation. How will history look at us? Will there be a general patent that has to rise from the dead and force us to walk through the abortuaries? But... I don't think history is the most important thing. How will the judge of all history look upon us when we stand before him? He knows whether we knew or not. And we live in a day where there's no reason not to know what's going on, not to know the humanity of the preborn child. Will he look upon the donations that we received from Planned Parenthood? Will he see those things? I ask you, please, make the city of Phoenix a sanctuary city for pre-born children. Save us from the infamy and the cowardice of Weimar. Thank you very much. I'll tell you right now what a uh, phenomenal, uh, I think it was less than two minutes actually, 
speech by Dr. James White. Um, he got right to the point, shared a, just a quick story in history uh, to remind us. As a matter of fact, I was just the other day as I was doing my own personal devotions and I was reading about the children of Israel and the warning that Paul gives to those at the church at Corinth. Uh, he states at least twice in the passage that these things were written for our example so that we don't do, we don't follow that example because God God wasn't pleased with most of Israel um, that was in the desert, those who he had used Moses uh, to truly lead and guide out of bondage. Um, God was, he wasn't pleased with most of them, and most of them died in the wilderness. Um, and if we don't learn from history, we're bound to repeat it. So I appreciate what Dr. James White says here to the city council meeting, our city council leaders in Phoenix, Arizona. But um, some people at times would ask us, why is this so important to us? Well, I've already made it clear, we are the only uh, part of God's creation that is created in his image. We are the ones in which God sent his only begotten son to die for, for our sins. Um, when it comes to human beings, when it comes to mankind, we are a priority in the eyes of God. Priority. And truthfully, we have to understand that first and foremost. The second thing we have to understand, uh, based upon the Word of God, is thou shalt not kill. In the Ten Commandments, um, in the moral law, which is still um, valid today, will always be for all men. The morality of God, we, have, we don't have a right to take a life. We don't have a right to take a life because we feel that that life is unnecessary or unwanted or whatever the case may be. We don't, that is murder. We don't have the right to take another human being's life. Now, there is a difference between murder and those who protect, uh, those who serve. Uh, there's a difference when we start talking about war and things. And, and again, if you just study God's Word, the Bible, you begin to see the reality of this different, but we don't just have a, we don't have a right to go because we don't like something, we don't think somebody is worthy of living, and we just can go and kill it. Well, that's exactly what's taking place and has been taking place when it comes to abortion. And the sad part about it, this is it's so frightening in our world today because it's happening in numbers that no one would ever believe in their lifetime it would ever happen to that magnitude. Um, and I, I could tell you right now that this is something that is of such magnitude that people are wondering, who really do understand what this is about, are wondering and asking the same question I think that most of us ask, at least I know that I ask, can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? And I think the answer is yes, because it's gotten worse. We have watched the continuation of this just spiral out of control to the point in place where I've already read, you know, of what's taking place in New York, Rhode Island, and uh, the governor in, in West Virginia. I mean, the truth of the matter is, it's happening today. 
and it is absolutely positively frightening uh, because man doesn't have a right to take another human being's life, especially a human being that cannot defend itself. And that's something, too, that um, is, is, I don't know about you, it's heart-wrenching. Because if somebody was going to take another person's life who's already come from the womb, is here on this earth, we would stand up and we would fight to the death for it. But I do sense today, in quite large magnitude, the visible church is silent about this issue. Um, in many cases, it seems like many people have given up. Well, you know, Roe versus Wade and all that stuff, you know, the, the you know laws have already been set. You know, what good does it do for us to continue to stand up and, and proclaim this? I mean, you know, they've already made their mind up, blah, 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 blah. And so what happens is more and more and more innocent children are put to death. Uh, matter of fact, you probably, if you remember, a, a couple weeks back, I talked about this movie that was coming out, a Christian movie uh, called Unplanned. Well, recently it was revealed that Unplanned has actually made twice the expected sales despite social media censorship, despite the fact that uh, it was rated R and, uh, and people were just dumbfounded about that. But the movie called Unplanned is based on the life of Abby Johnson. She's a former Planned Parenthood clinic worker who actually turned anti-abortion activist. Uh, over this past weekend, the movie uh, brought in $6.1 million. That was twice the amount of money expected. Uh, it was the third biggest opening weekend filmed by Pure Flicks, uh, and that was behind God's Not Dead uh, 1 and God's Not Dead 2. And, um, and again, the story and everything, but because of the depiction of what abortion's all about and everything, you know that those who determined how to rate the movie, an R rating was placed upon it, which... People, rightfully so, within the Christian community across America were outraged, but not surprised because, once again, they were trying to censor, really, and, and kind of put a squash in this movie because it's such a issue in our society. Now, as I say this, I, I, I want to go on a little bit further with you and, and just explain some things. So we talked about the fact that we are created in the image of God. We, we talked about the fact that God tells us in the Ten Commandments we can't commit murder. But we have to understand these two things. Once again, go back, and I mentioned it earlier, Psalms 139. If you have never taken the time to read Psalms 139, I want to encourage you today to read it, and read it very carefully, because Psalms 139 is a psalm that defines uh, the greatness of God. It, it's a psalm uh, that tells us about God's sovereignty, about God's um, omnipotence. He's all-present. Um, he's all-knowing, which is omniscience. But he's all-powerful, too. 
I've said this before, and I'll say it again. God's greatest creation in all the world wasn't the heavens, wasn't the earth, um, wasn't the moon, the stars, the sun, the solar systems, the animals. God's greatest creation is mankind. And when you read Psalms 139, you realize so much about God. Uh, This would be, some would say, the foundation for uh, the pro-life movement, and rightfully so, because in Psalms 139, we realize that God is the creator, and we realize how important God's creation truly is, and that God ultimately has a purpose and a plan for our lives. One of my favorite parts of Psalms 139 is actually in verse 16 when it says this, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. So so God has a plan. He has a purpose for us. I, I think about that, too, as, as I think about some of the prophets, but one in particular that always sticks out is Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. Have you ever read the, uh, the book Jeremiah? It is just amazing. But in, in verse 5 of chapter 1, here is what God has made it clear to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. Right there, uh, as believers, as Christians, unfortunately but true, there are those who claim to be Christians who would not hold on to Psalms 139 as a whole chapter or even this verse I'm going to share with you because uh, they would put their own skew, their own twist, their own take on it. But how, how do you put your own take on it? Before you were in the womb, I knew you. See, life starts with God. That's why we don't have the right to take another human being's life. That's why abortion at its foundation is completely against God. It's sin. It's evil. It's wickedness. It's murder. Because life begins, life is sustained, and life ends with God, the one who created the giver, the sustainer, the taker of life. And and as we read the Word of God, we come to realize this reality. We don't have that right. We don't have a right to take the life of an unborn child. But here he says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in in, in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. In other words, he set them apart. I have appointed you a prophet to the nation. So God had a purpose and a plan. I would say to you that God has a purpose and a plan for all of his creation. Ultimately, God is going to be glorified in every human being that is created. God is. But but once again, we have people that just don't want to recognize this. They want to just recognize and say, well, this is a decision between a man and a woman, or this was a mistake, they weren't prepared for it. There's no such thing as a mistake when it comes to the life of any child within the womb. 
there's no such thing as a mistake. And that's where, you know, kind of interesting. Last night I was watching um, SUV, the special uh, victims, or SVU is called an SUV. That's that's a vehicle. Uh, <laughs> special victims unit, SVU, uh, that, that uh, police program. Oh, it's me. Some days I get this way. But I was watching it, and, and yesterday was about a woman had been raped. Horrifying thing. And this man who raped her was an actual doctor. He's a counselor, and he he was taking no advantage of her but other women, and, and he was basically raping them. But this one particular woman got pregnant. It was his baby. DNA showed it was his. And she kept on saying, I want rid of this thing. She called the unborn baby a thing. I don't want this evil from this man inside of me, this thing, this thing. And I'll never forget the, 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 one of the characters on the program, one of the police officers, the sergeant or person is in tra- charge, she, she said to her, you know, well, remember that half of this thing inside of you is you. It's part of you. And said some other things, and, and well, the guy ended up, you know, they ended up indicting him. He was, you know, guilty, and at the very end, this woman who had been raped had made a conscientious decision to keep the child. She was going to go ahead and bring forth the child into this world. And and as they were going back and forth, they were basically, there's there's a reason behind this. This is a life. And, and I thought to myself, you know, this was powerful because in most cases, especially when a woman is raped, when she is taken advantage of and against her will she is impregnated by a man who is raping her who is committing a crime against her some people could say i can understand now i'm not saying i agree but they could say i understand why a woman would not want to keep that child but the truth of the matter is we have to go back to the fact that even though men in their own minds in their own hearts Even though men intend things for evil, God has a plan for his good. I I don't know if you realize that or not. It always takes me back to that story of Joseph back in the book of Genesis. Have you ever read the story of Joseph and what happened to him with his brothers and how they sold him into slavery and then he ends up in the king's, uh, um, you know, amongst the king's um, workers and um, the truth of the matter is that, that, that his whole life, and most people look and say, look what they did to his brother. I mean, his whole life was, was done wrong, and he had to live out his life uh, in, in a way that, you know, who would want to do that? He'd have to be a slave basically all of his life, but yet in some ways he was blessed because he could be in the palace working, but he was nothing but a servant. And the truth of the matter is, Uh, Joseph tells his brothers this. Listen to this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. I think about that. You know, there are things that happen in this world that are evil and that are wicked. And I guess my simple point is just this, but God has a plan. He has a plan. He has a purpose 
for every human being, for every life. And once again, um, we have to understand that. I mean, we can look at passages like Luke chapter 1, verses 41 and 44, that like the unborn children have consciousness. Uh, we, we know from, from science and from all the evidence and facts we have about children, and, and when the heart starts beating and, and we see the creation, we, you know, we have the ultrasound and we can see what's happening inside and, and their responses to pain. I mean, we can go on and on. We know that it is a life. If you want to call it a fetal life, call it whatever you want. It's a life that God has created. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And we as Christians should do all that we can in the right way, in the right manner, using the laws that can be used, just like Dr. White had the right to go to city council. He had a right to be given so many minutes, a right to declare to the city council, pleading with them impassionately, Make the city of Phoenix a sanctuary city for the unborn. And there are people that are friends of mine on Facebook who go each and every week. They are outside of abortion clinics. They are proclaiming the gospel. They are pleading with women who go in not to have an abortion. Uh, There are those within hospitals, within doctor's offices, who share the gospel, the good news with others, who plead with them not to kill their unborn child. And in some cases, these people get arrested. They get thrown in prison. Some cases, they get fined. Uh, Seems like people come against them for doing what is right in the eyes of God. And see, that is the key. Now, I don't believe that we should be in any way, shape, or form doing violence against others because vengeance belongs to God. I think to myself, and I have talked with them, I've interviewed with them, I've met them face-to-face, abortion doctors, some who believe they have been justified to do what they have done and what they continue to do, but someday they're going to answer to God. But I'm always reminded that whether they be an abortion doctor, that whether they be a liar, a murderer, a thief, whatever they may be, they are a sinner who needs a Savior. And so first and foremost, what we must do is we must pray for them. But we must also boldly, in love, speak the truth. We must bring the power of God, which is the gospel, You know, and I think to maybe somebody listening to this show today, or maybe you'll pass it on to someone else, I think the key here is reminding people where life really begins. It begins with God. And anything that has to do with God, we have no right. We don't have a right to step in and say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do it. It's it. Bottom line, folks, it just doesn't work that way. It's not what God desires. It's not what God has, you know, allowed to take place. Life belongs to him, period. You know, and some people would say, well, what do you do with criminals and the death penalty and all that? Well, uh, you know, it's a different topic for a different time, and at in itself has been addressed in the Word of God. But when it comes to an unborn child— We don't have a right. Matter of fact, I'll leave this with you. If you ever get an opportunity to really look at this, 
topic and study it even more carefully, I want to encourage you to go to a place in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, in which God lays down the civil and judicial laws of the children of Israel. And in verse 22 and 23, he talks about what happens to a woman uh, who gives birth prematurely when there is an injury and when there's not, and what should be done. And I think you'll come to realize that the truth of the matter is we don't have a right to take the life of one who cannot protect him or herself. We must stand upon God's holy word and realize that children are a blessing from God. God has a purpose. God has a plan. We must share the truth in love, share the good news of Jesus Christ, why God sent his son into this world with the poor person who's going to ultimately, as some would say, make the choice, a decision. Do I keep this child? Do I abort it? Well, once again, we have to take him back to the right judge, the one whom all of us will give an account to one day, the true and the living God, the God of the Bible. I truly hope that this has been a blessing to someone out there today listening. And again, I hope you take the opportunity to share the truth in love with somebody who may be facing this whole issue of abortion. And by the way, don't forget also, if you are one who's listening and you've had an abortion, I want you to know that there is forgiveness through Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Forgiveness of all your sins from the past, the present, and the future. And the truth of the matter is, abortion is sin. But with and through Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness of sin. You can be forgiven by God. There's there's some people who struggle with the whole issue of being a Christian and and being a follower of Jesus Christ and, and loving and serving God because of their past. They see what they have done as being so horrific that God could never forgive them. God can and God will forgive you of your sin. Just call upon him today and confess your sin and repent. Turn away from it and turn to him. And again, God is a loving, compassionate God. I hope this has helped somebody out there, and it has been a blessing once again to be with you here today on the Marty Minto Show. Love to hear from you. Email me, martyminto at gmail.com. Until next time, have a blessed day. 